Hey, everybody, this is Christian Brindle, president and founder of Christian Brindle Insurance Services, an agency specializing in Medicare health plans, as well as the founder and admin of the Six Figure Medicare Agent Facebook community. And I am Glenn Shelton, founder and president of Lead Heroes, where we specialize in final expense and Medicare insurance leads. Every single Tuesday, guys, we have decided to come together and bring our forces together to talk about our two favorite subjects in the world, insurance and tacos. Henceforth, Taco Tuesday, let's taco about insurance. Every single Tuesday, we will live stream this show for the group Six Figure Medicare Agent at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't miss it. It can also be found everywhere that podcasts can be listened to, or you could watch the replay of the video up on our YouTube channel for the Six Figure Medicare Agent YouTube channel. Thanks so much for watching. Hope you enjoy, and let's get into this. Danny, you can preach it till you are blue in the face. In the face yeah. That you have got to go ahead and audit your own commissions. It's not the carrier's job to make sure that you get paid. That is right. That is right. So, spreadsheeting it at the very least, or going ahead and using a system like Agency Black or any other CRM tool works better to do that. Yeah. Luckily, this agent, when he's missing his $15,000, he was able to, he's like, man, I did what you said. I have this readily accessible. We were able to go to the commission department and to the higher ups, say, here's the examples. And we had 300 plus policies. They cut him a special check off cycle. So the carriers can and will do that, but it imperative that you audit your commissions minimum of once every six months. If you don't, most carriers have a policy that they will only go back 12 months, period. It time things that you yeah. haven't gone ahead and gotten paid for three, four, five years. That's your problem, not theirs. Um, which I've had that conversation once or twice. <laughs> real quickly, real quickly. We are live, just FYI. Um, I saw that. <laughs> so everybody, thank you for being here. Welcome to Taco Tuesday. I have hey Amanda Bruton here with me today, which I don't think I've ever done a piece of content with you before, which is nope, a shame. This is a first. Which is a shame. Thank um, you for having me. Well, thank you for being here. It's always a pleasure. Um, uh, Glenn is still out with um, new baby, with new baby mm -hmm. life. So um, Glenn is expected to be back next week, but we'll see how he's feeling. Um, we'll see. Um, so anyway, Amanda and I were having a really good conversation about commissions, right? About auditing commissions. I tell agents that all the time. So like there's, there'll be new agents that I work with too, that like I tell them, you should be checking your commission statements once or twice a week. You know, you should be checking them around the clock because how do you know if you're not getting paid, you know? Right. Um, and the other thing is, is that commit. So especially with med advantage, med advantage apps, they're paid as presented. So if you use the wrong writing numbers or you forget to, do you know how common it is that agents forget to put their writing numbers in their applications? It is all the time. ridiculous. <laughs> One of the top five RFIs that pop out for the carriers so what I recommend that agents do is, especially if you use paper apps, is, is that when your apps come in in the box from, Fed, from FedEx or UPS or wherever it comes from, have mm -hmm. your admin sit there and all they're going to do is either put a stamp in the back on the application or they're going to go ahead and write in your agency number or your agent writing number and your name, nothing else. Everything else mm -hmm. is left to whatever. But at the very least, that's in there so that if someone takes an application and mails it in from an event that you do, or you go ahead and um, you inadvertently forget to do it because you have a tee off time at four o'clock and you're running, this allows you to go ahead and do that. And that's actually a compliance issue. I actually had an agent do that once. He was late for his tee off time, took an application, threw it in his car, forgot about it for six weeks. Yeah. And then do I that. call Amanda, I screwed up. And I'm like, what did you do? <laughs> I went golfing and forgot. And this guy's application didn't get submitted. And he wants to know where his ID cards are. And well, I have the app in my hands. What do I do? 
So horrible. <laughs> we fixed it and I yelled at him, which I usually do when somebody does something non-compliant. And agents uh, <laughs> is I'd rather teach you good habits than fix bad ones. And they all know right. that. Um, so it's, it gets funny, but yeah, you put that information in there. Um, yeah. Do it when you get the applications uh, in your, when you get your kits and it becomes a hell of a lot easier to catch. <laughs> so, so um, you work with a lot of agents. You, yes, you I do. More, you work with more agents than we do by far. Mm-hmm. Um, how many agents do you say you have at this point? So right now, as of today, I have 115 agents that I directly work with that are a part of my, a part of my new um, agency. Okay. And um, we write in 10 states, which is pretty cool. Um, all of them have uh, worked with me when I was with the carriers. So when I went out on my own, I really didn't do any kind of soliciting or um, recruitment of anything. I just said, hey, guys, this is what I'm this is my new gig. Um, come, you know, love to hear from you. Um, I changed it on my LinkedIn and changed it on my Facebook. And I just had this really cool outpouring of support from people everywhere and um, several agents coming and saying, what do I have to do? What's it going to take for me to continue to work with you? You've helped me build my business for decade, some longer. And um, so, yeah, it has been one hell of a ride and especially over the last four weeks. So it's been good. Congratulations. Congratulations. I mean, thank you. I mean, for anybody that doesn't know Amanda, Amanda, when I think about you, I think about somebody that is just a, 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 a wealth of knowledge about all kinds of things, really. I mean, like, you know, what you were just going over in terms of the, the commission payments with the carriers before we actually Mm -hmm. went live, like, you know, I don't, I, I could probably name only two or three people in the whole industry that would be able to articulate it in such a way as you did. And it's just seamless, you know, I mean, your knowledge level is insane to me, you know, (laughs) Um, I mean, and and, that uh, is probably one of the best compliments I've gotten, Christian. Thank you. That's awesome. I, um, one of the things that I was taught a long time ago was is to take your, you know, especially anybody that's looking at doing sales is, is that I've been doing sales for, I'm going to date myself almost 30 years now. <laughs> and I've been doing training for almost that long. But one of the things that I know about myself is, is that I can come, I have an authoritative presence. So for me, teaching is a better way for me to sell than it is for me to go ahead and um, do it as the rah, rah, oh, you're the best. Everything that I have is the best. And, you know, you should want to sell me, be, you sell with me because I am the best. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I work very, very hard to at being, I want to be your resource. I want to be your Medicare resource. And I want, and I, and for me, I educate the agents and that is what I'm known for. I've done, when I was working with the carriers, most of the content that I, that I teach is my own, um, or it's something that I've had a help, I've had a hand in creating with corporate, um, Everything from CE classes to, to sales classes. I have one that's actually coming up tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. Uh, it runs from nine to 11 and it's 2020 Medicare changes and um, an early look. So my style is incredibly direct and very fast paced. Um, most of the agents that uh, have been in front of me in a classroom, which you can see in the pictures a little bit on this side and I have them on the other side. Also, I theme out a lot of my classes and everything to make them fun. Um, I'm a little crazy in that it's Medicare. Can't get any drier than that, but I find a way to get some energy in it. And um, so the Medicare 2020 class or the 2021 Medicare changes is talking about what what's going on with ESRD and what what does this mean to them? What how big of a population is this? We're looking at the Part D savings model and the effects of um, diabetics and insulin and what that actually means to the agents and the beneficiaries that they support. Those are the two key topics. The cool thing with my classes, and I make sure to do this, is, is that they're highly interactive. 
it's, I'm not reading off the of slides. You're reading the slides as I'm giving you and feeding you information. But what I'm talking about is in addition to what you're reading. Mm. So, um, and then I teach very informally. So they're highly interactive. Um, the class that I did two weeks ago, which I cannot believe this one, um, it was the largest webinar I've ever done so far to date. Um, usually I'm used to having a class, you know, my classes be anywhere from 100 to 300 people plus uh, in a conference room. And it's usually just me and the guys. Well, this was the first time that I did a Zoom that was, I had just under 200 people that were at that. And I had over 300 that registered in 13 states. Wow. During that class, I was asked to do a second one, which is the one coming up tomorrow. And I have just under 400 people that have registered. So congratulations. That's great. That's phenomenal. Thank you. Just in these two classes alone, um, they are, I'll get in front of a minimum of 600 plus people, 600 plus agents from all across the country. And the cool thing that most of the agents that have worked with me for years know is I build my content specific to what it is that I see in the chat groups like yours. Um, I host a ladies night once a week for, or once a month for um, ladies that are in the insurance, Medicare insurance business specifically. Um, I, and I do a lot of different content, but all of my content is designed by the agent saying, you know, I really wish that someone would teach me or spend a little bit more time on X, Y, Z. And um, I've created quite a following from that. And that's, um, that's how I got my name. And that's how I do what I do. <laughs> so um, here's a question I have for you. Sure. Um, you've obviously worked with a ton of agents over your, over the years, mm -hmm. right? Um, you've seen a lot of agents, you've seen a lot of agents do different things, both right yeah. and wrong. Um, mm -hmm. what, what would be your like ideal agent? Like if there was an agent, let's say that you're like, Oh, I would just love to have that person a part of my group or a part or a part of my, a part, a part of my, you know, um, my company or whatever the case mm -hmm. might be, you know, when you see an agent, is there a particular thing that you look for in agents when you're, when you're, when you're yes. recruiting or is there something, yes. is there something you avoid two part question? Okay. So what I look for is I've had the fortune uh, of managing Anthem's largest Medicare market for six years straight. And um, we are the largest Medicare market. Ohio was the largest Medicare market for Anthem out of 15 states. Um, and Anthem's enrollment is almost double to the competitors, which is fantastic with, with that when it comes to MA. With that being said, if you looked at the top 25 agents that produced for Anthem, nine of those were mine. If we look at the characteristics of those nine people, there's some it's common threats. They don't all do the same things. Nobody does. And I think it's hysterical when I see people thinking that there's a cookie cutter approach to how everybody should operate their business. There isn't. Right, right. I think that that is an absolute disservice. And anybody that goes ahead and says, well, without sitting down and having a conversation and figuring out what that agent's skill set is, you cannot do that. Mm -hmm. um, when I sit down with an agent, I'm looking for, are you outgoing? Are you not? Do you like to be in the public? Are you more of a wallflower? Can you, can you speak articulately or not? Do you choose to be in professional wear or are you a shorts and flip-flops kind of guy? What does this look like? But, and I, and my top producers are all of those. Every single one of those, the, the things that are common to them are actually comical. The first one is they are so inquisitive, it's ridiculous. I'll have a new kids class that I specifically say, hey, you know what, you should join this if it's, you know, if, if you're under the bit, if you haven't been in the business for three years or younger, my older guys will come in and I'll go, what are you doing here? <laughs> I want to know if there's a better way for me to do this. So I'm coming because I want to hear what you have to say. 
they end up helping me teach the class, but then they learn at the same time. So they are voracious for how do I get better at this and what do I do? They're all, they're, they're continually fluid with their learning. Um, that's awesome. They have incredibly good time management skills um, and their follow through is good. You can have somebody that I can give you a list of things to do, but if it takes you six months to do it, no. So that's pretty much what um, high level, what I look for when I'm going, God, I really, really want somebody. I'm vetting you out for those things. Uh, When it comes to who do I avoid? We all have that person. Right. I can spot it in a second. And it's usually there's two. The one that goes ahead and that tries to school me on Medicare. That's it. <laughs> Dude, I'll have somebody who hasn't had their license six months and they're going to tell me how Medicare works. And, <laughs> going, and I'm like, OK, do you understand that I've helped revise the Medicare new book? There's a handful of people in the country that have done that. Seriously. Oh, by the way, do you see that behind me? That is the front page of the Cleveland Plain Dealer from when Medicare first started in 1966. It is an original. Wow. I am a geek. Those are my things. I love that. (laughs) So um, that kind of arrogance doesn't work well, especially um, when you're dealing with seniors. And then the other one is what I refer to as the I hate the old people person. And what I mean by that is, is that legit, at least twice a month, I get somebody that calls me and says, Manda, I need to go ahead and do a, I need to do a session with you and seeing, I need to, I need to figure, I need a strategy session. Okay, fine. And the best one was the guy had me, I have, I opened this up to agents to do, and they get to pick the place of choice. Dude picks the darkest bar you can find <laughs> and we're there for lunch. Like you walk in, it's pitch black, but the lights are so blinding that like you can't see anything next to him. So I sit down with him and I'm like, okay, tell me a little bit about your business model. What's going on? And the first thing out of this guy's mouth was, I hate old people. Oh no. What and are you I doing? Went, what are you doing? I, I went, What? And he goes, I hate old people. I don't like working in Medicare. I don't like going ahead and working with them. It takes forever to do a, to do a meeting. I hate old people, but I do this because it's my door in for my annuities, which is where my, which is where my real money is. So I'm coming to you to help figure out how I can grow my business. And oh, by the way, I think I should be doing retail stores, but I really don't like doing seminars and I really don't like talking with people. So <laughs> That was legit what he said to me. You're in the wrong business, dude. And I said, okay. I said, you really need to. And I will politely check you once with that. So it's, okay, we really need to step back here. When you're dealing with seniors, this is how this works. It's going to be a little bit longer. Usually the appointments are about 45 minutes. It shouldn't take you longer than that. Um, You know, but you've got to adjust how you're looking with a senior wanted no part of it. And finally, at one point, I actually said to him, you need to get out of the business. I said, if you don't, I said, if you're doing the seniors a disservice, and if you aren't ready to adjust your thinking, I have 50 guys that are all vetted by me that I can get them so that they don't take your annuity business, but at least they'll work with the client, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's who I run from. I, I, don't be an I, I hate old people guy. It's <laughs> horrible, horrible. So long way to be. <laughs> so one, one, one thing that's always been interesting to me is, you know, especially here in our market, we get to know all the carrier reps like, yeah, you know, I mean, everybody does, I think in their market that's yeah. in the business long enough. Um, and, you know, you don't like, they're not all created equal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are good. Some of them are not so good. So <laughs> right before I get on this Zoom, um, one of our carrier reps who's been the carrier rep for this particular company um, for about 16 years, she just decided she's go, she's leaving to go to become an agent. Yep. And um, so we find this out. So um, I hear about it from my dad. We jump on the phone and we call her probably 15 minutes before I got on here. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, she is, she's incredibly bubbly. I've actually been in seminars with her, with this carrier where we've written apps together and she's just mm -hmm. great with the clients. My first mm -hmm. reaction is she would be great, you know, and we'd love mm -hmm. to work with her. You know, we were asking her to come in and have a talk with us, you know, before she makes right. a decision. So anyway, then I started thinking about it. And then I was like, you know, everything on the outside tells me she'd do great. Mm -hmm. But I've seen people that are carrier reps, some of them go off and they, create gigantic businesses like probably the biggest agent in utah mm -hmm. the, the biggest agent in utah was a carrier rep mm -hmm. um but then i've also seen carrier reps go off and they don't make it and they go and they a year or two goes by they just fail out of the business and they're back to being carrier reps with another carrier you know so like mm -hmm. it's interesting to me because you can't always tell right you can't. And the trick is, is that you've got to look for those cool, for me, um, it's, it's looking at, cause I've been in the business forever. Like you, I've seen people come, I've seen them go, I've seen them flip between carrier to carrier, field rep to kit, to broker rep, to agent to back again. And then every which other way, typically I test them. Homework. Um, you know, how are you going to, do you have a business model? Do you have an idea of what you're going to do? What is your six, your first six months look like? Do you have a plan in place? What is, and how do I help get you there? And I ask these questions and I listen and I listen very closely to what they have to say. If I get somebody who goes ahead and that, um, I give you an example. I had one, one that went ahead and it's September 15th. She's take a meeting with her and she goes ahead and she says, I'm going to sell 150 policies this year or this AEP. Okay, great. How can I help you do this? What do you, what are you doing to get that? She goes, I don't know. Do you have any COIs? Where are you going to go to? How are you going to, well, I don't know. You're going to give me those. <laughs> well, do you have a marketing plan? Well, no, I have this list of, of people that I have because I came from New York life, but I don't have anything and I haven't started anything. Have you started your certifications? Well, no. <laughs> so that ends up being a reality check real quick going, okay, you've got some unrealistic expectations here and we need to adjust that. Mm -hmm. um, which sometimes that's a hard pill to take, but get inside their head, figure out what it is that they need and what support they're looking for. Um, speaking from the carrier rep that just went out on her own. I yeah, exactly. There you go. Who has better insight? I, I will tell you that um, my entire life completely changed when I went out on my own. Um, I went out on my own because my doctor said that I needed to slow down a bit. Um, the level of traveling and teaching was ridiculous to the point where I was in a different city every day, legit. Um, and I was teaching, depending on the season, like for roadshow season that we're getting into now, my roadshows were 150 people a, a session. I did 23 of them in three weeks in nine cities in three states. Wow. National sales conference and everything else. And I'm doing two a days. So that's up at four in the morning and done at six and then going on a road. My body couldn't take it. Right. Um, the adjustment and not having a net where with you when you're with a carrier, you have a fallback. You have you have a paycheck. You have you don't have as much training to do. You don't realize that there are so many. I mean, I took 14 certifications this year. And I <laughs> yeah. in a week. You know, um, and I, and I'm glad to do it, but to learn all the nuances of how everybody does everything that takes a learning curve that I didn't expect that it was going to take a full year for me to get under my belt and I'm not stupid. So I think that setting a real expect realistic expectation to whoever the person is and seeing how to help guide them and what their thought process is will help that person succeed. And they're going to be scared and they're going to doubt it. And they're just like anybody does when you start something new and you don't know any different. Um, the reassurance that I have gotten and received from so many people, including you, has 
helped me immensely over this year to where two weeks ago when I did this class, that was the first time that I've taught a class that large in two years and went, I got this. This mm-hmm. is this is what I do. I'm okay. And there's people that actually they're good with this. So um she'll stumble a little bit, but it will be fine. She's just that's what that's how I would work with her. I would just talk with her and be candid. I don't pull punches when I work with with um an agent or any of my FMO partners or my carriers or anything else. If I don't like it, you know it. I am the first person that has stood up and said, don't sell Anthem. It sucks. Go sell UHC with UHC standing in the room. And and I'm going, are you kidding me? (laughs) Carrier rep endorsing another carrier. But I have always positioned my my business as I would rather that you trust what I say and hold it as solid than question everything that I have to say. Um, And anyone that knows me knows that one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because like, um, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a scenario too. Like if, when I think about an agent that I would run from, and this is a scenario that's like my nightmare scenario, but you probably Mm -hmm. have run into plenty of these too. I, I I had a call scheduled in my calendar yesterday for a newer agent, you know, just picked up his license and, um, starting to work with less and less of those, you know, just, okay. But, um, but anyway, it's difficult. Usually there's a, there's a learning curve month uptick. Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, so this guy's been selling final expense about a year or two years or so. Um, okay. Typical story he wants to get into the Medicare business. But I could tell right from the get go, that he didn't have a joy for the industry. You know, he, mm, he'd bounced yeah. around to like five or six different IMOs on his final expense, probably in only a couple of years, you know, he's just jumping all over the place and kind of pointing fingers at the upline and kind of thing and kind of guy. And um, he's like, he's like, he's like, I don't want to waste your time. I just want to be candid. He's like, I would like a hundred percent of my street level of, of my commissions. I don't mm-hmm. want anyone to take my commissions off the top. And I would like to be fed weekly leads. Ah, good luck. And, no. I, and I said, and my first response, <laughs> the, 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 the longer I work with agents, the more blunt I become, um, mm-hmm. And my, 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 my response was, I was like, well, when you find that place, let me know about it. I'll come with you. Exactly. I'll teach you how to fish all day long, but I'm not feeding you flat, mm-hmm. I'm not feeding you. And I am to me, my, when I hit that, that's pretty much where I'm at. And I'll go, here's five other F- FMOs, GAs that are in the area, by all means, I, I want you to go research. And before you get in bed with me, make sure that you've checked out and checked out the competition. One that stops them from leaving or minimizes it just because you know that they've done their homework and they've asked the right questions. And I even tell them what questions to ask when somebody's looking to be fed leads. Here's my it's, thought. On that. It's a mentality thing, right? Right. I will go ahead and I will, t- I will feed you. I get, well, like today I had three leads come in where it's like, Amanda, I've got, this is an opportunity. I had a carrier rep call that said, I need somebody that doesn't delve in group to write something for one of my group guys. I've got this, I've got that. Who do I send these to and where? I vet them by what the situation is and the compatibility of the agents and the location so that that way they're there. And then those agents know that that lead came from me. You are not promised a lead. You are not, I I just, I don't. However, I will teach you how to go after and build a marketing plan. I will teach you how to go ahead and do the the time management so that you've got, you're focusing on the right things at the right time and the right time of the year. I go through and one of the things that I did this year is, is I went to a couple of my carriers and said, I've got new kids. New kids don't have money to go out and do marketing. Mm-hmm. I was able to lock a nice chunk of change for each one of them and said, okay, I went ahead and I made, I got, and I do, I do marketing at a 50-50 split. Agents have to have a buy-in into whatever it is that you're doing. Otherwise you're flushing money down the drain. So I did a 50-50 split. Some of them got $1,000. Other ones got up to three. And I said, here, here's money. We believe in what you're doing. I want you to create a business plan and I will help you do it, but you've got to do this legwork. 
figure out what it is that, what do you want to be known for? What, why you versus the other person that's up the street? What is your, what's your niche? And how are you going to promote this? I teach a bullseye marketing approach and repetition in senior market is key. You have got to do that. If you're doing mailers, you have to do three to five of them. You cannot do one and then get mad because you didn't get your phone to ring. It's not going to ring on the first one. But Mm -hmm. these are things that um, you learn over time. And I have marketing, the contacts that the carriers use for their marketing research are my contacts. I get, I am privy to all of that material from Deft Research, Gordon Mark, Gordon, or sorry, Gorman, all of them. I have that. I also have the internal ROIs that they have on their spends for Aetna United and Anthem. And I build those plans and I'm working with the new agent. I'm working to play into what their marketing spends are, how the agent capitalizes on top of it, because then they're they're getting a better bang for their buck. That's teaching somebody how to fish. And to me, learning how to do that skill is much better than going ahead and handing somebody something. I can also say that several of the things that I've gone ahead and I've done have affected corporate policy for how they shifted. So about two years before the corporate policies shifted for Anthem, specifically United's been doing this for years, to where they were sent, they were doing their uptick on mail. Usually it was a piece at 12, a piece at six, three, two, and one. Well, two years prior, I'm going to six and four, three, two, one, and you'll have a better pickup. Well, all of the agents started doing that. The rest of the corporate marketing went, hmm, I think she's onto something there. So then they switched. So now more and more you see that shift, which I can, I teach the classes on why that is that way and how the buying habits have changed over the years and everything else. And um, yeah, so for me, I've spent a lot of time doing that type of marketing. I have to get stronger on the internet stuff yet. That's one of those that I look to you and to several other agents and see what you're doing and been watching for quite a long time. So <laughs> it, um, so I thank you for that education. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what my philosophy is. I want somebody that wants to work with me and wants to partner and wants to learn. I don't want to just make, this isn't easy. It shouldn't be easy. And you should be in control of your business. You shouldn't be dependent on me or somebody else to make your business. That's what I teach. Yeah. And I, I, I agree completely. And that's kind of what we teach. I mean, um, anytime an agent gets in touch with me and I, and I feel like there's almost like this entitlement, you know, um, Mm -hmm. that's kind of been surging around. I don't know if you've experienced this the same way, but seems like I'm getting more and more agents that just expect things and they've mm-hmm. never, ever, ever written a policy, you know? Um, I think that they get sold by a lot of people or they talk to other agents and they go, well, so-and-so told me that he's getting an extra, you know, he got $5,000 for going ahead and putting in applications and I want that too. And okay, well, dude, do you understand that that guy went ahead and has been in the business for 15 years? He puts up 600 applications in AEP alone for one carrier. He's partnering with them and this is what that money's for and how it's being used. They're getting an an ROI on it and he has a proven track record, which is how he can ask for the money. Right. So I agree with you. Most don't understand that there's there's a reason for how those things are. But on the other side, I think that there are a lot of recruiters and a lot of other people that are out there. I am floored at how much misinformation that there are, that there is in all the various um, groups and dialogue that I read that scares me. Um, I'm known for going ahead and citing my sources just to make sure or show where and AHIP to find something and everything else. But knowing that 
there's that much information just around general Medicare. And then you have all of these marketers and other people that are promising the world to say, hey, you know what, I can go ahead and I can, you know, you want to make $100,000 your first year, I'm going to show you how. Dude, is that really realistic? I mean, what are you doing? And that's not for somebody that's going to work part time and only go ahead and sell sell three policies a year. You can't tell them that. Right. Fair. So I think that they're it's twofold. I think that the agent doesn't do their homework. And I think that there are marketers out there that go ahead and that sell a world through rose-colored glasses. <laughs> they sell the dream. Relying on the fact that someone is not going to do their homework and educate. And that sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree completely. I mean, it's a, it's one of those things where they're selling the dream, right? They're like yep. promising the world, you know? Mm-hmm. And it makes the rest of our lives, I think, really difficult because, you know, I if, if, I, if I would probably, I could probably say for the, if I could, go back in my calendar and just think about that week for the past like eight weeks consecutively, I probably can come up with one agent that's contacting me and they're like, I talked to this person and they promised me this. And then it's completely out of context. You know, like, Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm like, well, yeah, but there's this catch or this catch, or it's not quite what they're Mm -hmm. saying it is or or something along those lines, you know? And it's, it seems like it's never ending, you know? Yeah. And it's where agents get burned. You know, like they'll, I agree. It's, it's I, crazy. Yeah. It's, I, I love the business that we're in. Um, I remember the days where you were making mad money and mad money that, you know, pre see, I got, you know, you talk about before CMS sanctioned uh, for lack of a better term, what the commission rates were on that advantage. You used to be able to make eight, $900 an app minimum plan changes from United to Anthem to Humana to Aetna to whatever, and you had AEP and a full OEP, mm-hmm. where agents would know, and it was illegal as hell, which is why this changed, but you had agents that would roll from United to Anthem during AEP, and they knew that there was a 90-day chargeback, so they would wait all the way up until March And then they would contact the same clients that they just got the $800 and the trip to Barbados with, with Anthem. And I'm making this up guys, kind of, sort of changing. I'm changing for the sake of, but they would go ahead and they would do that. And then they would wait until March and they would go back to that same hundred clients and go, okay, well, this carrier that we just put you on is having all of these problems and we don't like them anymore. And we found a better program. So now we're going to move you over to Aetna, for example, they're going to make another round of $800. So they made $1,600 to all expense paid trips for this one set of 100 clients. It's reason specifically that the re- the rules are the way that they are when it comes to CMS commissions. And I don't believe that anyone nowadays other than me and maybe a handful of people actually teach the why. And to me, it is so important that agents understand how the hell did we get here? How, why is it that... CMS regulates these things. Why is it that we have to have a scope, which everybody thinks is a crock, but they don't understand that prior to that, and when you're playing with $800, $900 an application, you had people, I legit have heard recordings of one agent blackmailing another agent for violations and not in preventing them to go into DOI. The stories that I have are ridiculous and they are active things that the carrier has and me as a carrier rep got, was involved in. So when you have that knowledge, for me, I teach on that so that you have a better picture. I don't know about you, Christian, but for me, if I understand the why something is that way, it becomes a hell of a lot better and a hell of a lot more easier for me 
to understand and go, okay, well, now I understand why the rules of engagement are this way. Now let's shift to this. When you don't understand that, you think the scope of appointment is just some stupid piece of paper that makes no sense. Yeah. Just a who, a bunch but of who. When hoo. you understand the history of it, where you physically had to have somebody call the police to have an agent escorted out because the agent had to make rent and they didn't want to lose the thousand dollars that that one application was going to give them. Now you understand why it's a necessary evil. Right. Those are things that I try to make sure that when I'm working with the agents and all of my classes are open door, open door, I have had everybody underneath the sun come into those, whether they're carrier reps, management, nonprofit people that just want to see what's going on and under, have an understanding. But this gives them a better understanding of the why things are. And then it becomes much easier to move forward. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And you never hear anybody talking about that, really. I mean, like I started in the business in 2014. Yeah. But I had the benefit of working with my dad, who had been in the business since. So he could tell you the stories. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like, you know, I, I heard the stories of, you know, the the advantage like plans if you will i call them they're not mm -hmm. quite advantage plans, but advantage like plans in the 90s right that didn't last that pulled out and agents were tripling their business by going and getting all the cancellations and things like that which my my dad was a beneficiary of um mm -hmm. and you know i've and 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 stories about you know um the Medigap bill passing in the early nineties that brought our current line of Medigaps into the equation, like with plan F and, mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of agents always ask me, they're like, cause, cause I, I did research for a Medigap book I wrote about Medigaps and it's the most boring book I've ever written. I tried to read it the other day and I can't <laughs> even get through it, but, um, and I wrote it, but, but like, you know, for example, like another example of that is like with plan F, you know, people always ask be like, well, what, what, how did plan F get to this place where it's, so inflated and mm -hmm. such high rate increases and every, and you know, everything that goes on with plan F it's like, well, you got to keep in mind. It's one of the first medic true Medigaps started mm -hmm. in 92. Mm -hmm. It's had people on it all the way since 92, which mm -hmm. a lot of those people aren't alive anymore, but you've had people getting on it 92 to 1998, all, you know, all the way up to like the early two thousands. Um, and these people get older, their health gets worse. So the, the, the average age on a plan F is probably going to be a much older age than maybe a plan G or an N, you know, they started in 2010, that kind of stuff. So I think that's a huge, huge um, thing for people to understand, okay, this is the way it is. It doesn't make any sense to me right this second, but let me look back and kind of see what the steps took to get me here. Well, and I agree with you specific to that one. There was a post that I, that happened over the weekend where somebody was talking about that don't understand that. And my response was that, you can't have a broad stroke. There are, mm -hmm. so when I teach med subs, I don't teach on loads on, you shouldn't be selling the cheapest thing that's out there. You should be selling med sup on the renewal persistency rate. Any carrier, good carrier rep will let you know what the three and five year persistency rates are for that med sub. So if you get one where their rate is between three to 6%, not including an age increase or whatever else it is, but the overall rate refresh, then odds are you want to go ahead and do sell that. But if you look at carriers like Mutual of Omaha, and I'm going to call them out. <laughs> they deserve for it. My entire career of going ahead and having it where they come in low ball rate, and then they're going to jack that rate up between 15 to 35% every time that they have a rate refresh rush. And the thing is, is yeah, you went ahead and you saved your client money at the, at the beginning, but six months to a year down the line when the GI is no longer valid and they cannot move, now you've screwed them and now they're getting multiple increases when that was another thing. Agents don't understand that you've got to ask how many rate increases will, is somebody going to have? Case in point, Anthem does one rate increase every year and that's every July in the state of Ohio. That means that you're going to, in July, you'll have the cross the board rate increase that happens, which let's say it's 3%. You will incur whatever rate birthday increase that has happened, which let's say that's another couple of dollars and then call it a day. 
you look at a carrier like United, United has a six month rate guarantee. They do a rate refresh every six months. Plus you have a birthday increase within that. So theoretically you can have three increases within one year, Mm -hmm. depending on the state that you're working on. If you don't advise your client when you're talking to them about those things, they don't understand that, okay, great. You went ahead and you put me on a, you know, it's a rate guarantee for the first 12 months, six months, whatever it is. But after that, you have to make them aware of that so that they know what they're getting into. When it comes to that rate refresh and how that's calculated, there's two things that most agents miss. The first one is, is that all Department of Insurances approve those increases. They know. Mm-hmm. So in advance, usually it's not a left field. It's not CMS that's doing it. It is the Department of Insurance that is going ahead and saying, yeah, I'm a mutual of Omaha. You want to jack the rate up 35%? Knock yourself out. Go do it. Bye. <laughs> when they're doing that, they're look, one of the many things that they're looking at is the, cam- the claim school, like you said. What the main difference with Medigap, as you know, versus MedAdvantage is there's no certification. So anybody in the can go ahead and write a med, med sub. I would say of the 5,000 agents that I have the pleasure of working with in the state of Ohio across the last three years, mm-hmm. I would say 80% of them write a med sub and don't touch it which is a huge problem. Mm -hmm. Don't touch that med sup and you should go back after that med sup about five years in because now the traveling's done, their situation has changed, their health has deteriorated. The sup is typically not affordable anymore and it's not even a fit for them. You need to do that assessment. Most agents write it and forget it and don't touch it. They just Mm -hmm. let, well, with that being said, to your point, You've got people on those plan Fs that have been on that plan for five, 10 plus years, 15 years in some cases when they're in their 90s. Of course, their claims are going to be through the roof because they're on something that they shouldn't be on. Or in my eyes, they aren't, are. And when you're looking and you have that whole classic conversation of MedSup versus Med, med Advantage, MedSup. It's an automatic bill. You are guaranteed you are going to pay, and I'm going to do round numbers, $2,400 out of your pocket, hands down, goodbye, bye-bye, money spent. With a Med Advantage plan, okay, I can take that $2,400 and bank it. And then if I end up going ahead and needing to spend the copays, great. Now, okay, first year, because there's always some smart ass in the group that's going to go, okay, well, if I develop cancer in the first year, I've lost money. I'm, I've just screwed myself. Well, yeah, unfortunately you have, but you didn't do your job in vetting them to go ahead and figure out what kind of, what kind of history that they have. And if there's, you know, if that's an issue, but, and it's not a one size fits all, but that's where a proper consult with your client and a need assessment comes in so that you figure out what's the right product and what is their willingness. My father, for example, I can put him on a med sup because he travels everywhere all the time. And you know, that sounds great, but that $2,400, I guarantee you in five years, he will have seen the doctor maybe three times and okay, maybe he breaks a bone because he's doing construction or something stupid. And you know, he incurs a couple hundred dollars. With him, that makes no sense to dump all of that money into a SUP. He's better off on an MA all day long and banking that money if and when he needs it to go after, to take care of the medical treatment that he needs. So you have to have those conversations with your client. I don't believe that, and I don't teach that it is a solid one SUP one product fits the majority of people, you've got to do the needs assessment and you have to look at it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I do in my, how to have a sales conversation, which I'm actually teaching on Thursday from 10 to noon, that class, um, I run through what questions do you ask when you actually are sitting with it on a phone conversation? So actually before you actually do the appointment on the phone screen, what questions do you ask them? How do you figure out between supplement and advantage and on the advantage side, 
In Cuyahoga County alone, there's 43 different med advantage plans available. How do you whittle that down so that you're only presenting two to three? And I teach that you don't teach, you don't present more than three plans when you're working with somebody because Mm -hmm. it's on overload. Totally. Totally. The last piece that I teach is what do you do after the sale? How do you go ahead and what kind of contact do you maintain with them to minimize the service work that you have so that they go ahead and they're, they're utilizing their benefits, which the majority of them don't use. And how do you stay in front of them? Because the biggest thing, and I know, you know, this, the biggest, the second biggest bitch to commissions issue is is so-and-so stole my client client and did an AOR and that's not fair. They forged a signature. Mm -hmm. They did this, that, and the other thing. Mm -hmm. Tell you from the care, from the carrier side, I have hold hundreds of AORs over the years to compare signatures against applications. And I can tell you that there were two in my <laughs> entire career that were forged. All wow. of them are legit. And all of them, the second that we went ahead and we said, yeah, it's a legit, a legit signature, it's fine. When the clients asked, oh yeah, I forgot. I went ahead and I had, I I forgot and I did that. But the agent is mad because they lost the client. My (laughs) is obnoxious, but it's me. And that is, it's your own goddamn fault. Yep. It's your own fault. Your your client is contacting your client within, (laughs) if you, if you're not contacting your client a minimum of three to four times a year, it is your fault. You lost the AOR. Mm-hmm. Nobody else's. I, I I don't have sympathy for it. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm I agree completely. Um, on 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 the med sub thing, I put a post up about two months ago mm-hmm. about um it was a video. I think I put up a video um about how I was I rec- was recommending to clients, well, not to clients to agents um that every. I said exactly what you said. I think every five to six years, mm-hmm. you should be going out and reviewing their Medicare supplements. And, yeah. I said, and, and I told them, I was like, not only are their prices higher, not only is it, you know, lots changed in the marketplace over the last five or six years, but there's a, it's, it's for the client's best interest. It's also for your best interest because your commission mm-hmm. is either going down tremendously, or if you wrote some AARP med subs, for example, pri- pre-2016, I think, 2015, mm-hmm. your commission stops completely. Um, after six years. And, and there were a couple agents that gave me tremendous pushback on that. And they're like, well, oh, you're just uh, trying to go out and rewrite them so you can get another six years of commission. I'm like, well, first of all, I don't work for free. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but second of all, I'm not doing them any harm. I'm lowering their rate. I'm giving them a new, um, more current- You have to do a needs assessment. Have to, have to. You have to. Admit, you know, at the minimum, you should be doing- Okay, I know that most care, most reps don't or agents don't do Part D reviews every year. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you're not going to do them every year, at least do them every other year. That's fair. For med subs, you need to go ahead and do a needs assessment to see what they're doing at minimum five years in, just because, like I said. But the other thing that I, I it blows my mind is that. So agents are all about, I mean, and in all of the groups that I'm in, I need leads. I need leads. I want, you know, I need help with marketing. I need to help with marketing. The number one thing that they don't understand is that your leads should be coming from your clients. You should be going ahead and having them as a referral source. Mm -hmm. My stat is that you should on average for every one app that you place, you should be getting a minimum of three referrals from them. And that does not mean that when the ink is not even dry, you're sitting there going, who do you know that I can help? Because that's just poor taste. I think that that is criminal. Because to me, what you're saying to that client is your business isn't good enough and I want more. So you need to help me even more, even though you just put money in my pocket, (laughs) names of other people that you know. I think it's just crappy. But going ahead and finding other ways to get that referral source is huge. Um, 
So the next question that everybody says is, okay, well, that's great, Manda, that you're telling me that, but what does that mean? George and I go through, go back and forth on this one all the time, and George is one of my agents, and I love him to death. He's got a very large book of business, so it's a very fine line between what do you do with your time versus how do you show the client that they're valued to grow that referral. You have to keep remember in the back of your head who it is that the customer is. And that is someone who is used to old school manners, mm-hmm. school way of doing things. They like thank you notes. They like handwritten cards. They like letters. They like handing open, holding open doors. They like flowers. All of those old school 1950s etiquette things are what they know. One of the things that all of my key producers do, they understand that and they practice it. So I am a firm believer in practicing what I preach. So everything that I tell my agents to do, I do with them. Um, I'm known for doing my themed events. I'm known for going ahead and doing um, paper invitations. I'm known for hand signing cards. Um, Do I like spending a week around, you know, the beginning right after Thanksgiving? literally hand signing cards. No, it's a pain in the ass. But to be candid, it matters. It matters because every one of the agents that gets those cards, and last year I did 2,000 of them. Every one of those agents knows that I took the time because they matter. It's those types of things that when the vice president of regional sales for Anthem says, Manda, how is it that you're recruiting? How are you getting agents to come underneath you? I can say, I don't recruit. Well, how are they calling you? Well, because Jill talked to Ann and Ann's been one of my agents for years and Jill's just getting into the business. So Ann told her to call me so that that way I can go ahead and help school her. That's how I do it. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do with your business and where spend going ahead and making your agents feel good or making your clients feel good and feel valued and more than likely are going to put additional pieces of business with you and refer business to you or take the same amount of money and dump it into something that you don't know to people that you don't know and trying to get it that way i'd rather spend it in my existing black all day long Mm-hmm. So I love it. That's really these are fundamental things that I teach, and that have a very strong proven record record um, with it. One of the things that, real quickly, um, male dominated world, male dominated industry, mm-hmm. and being an outspoken rep that does, doesn't like to do things the normal way, and I do it on behalf of the agents. Um, corporate leadership from both Aetna and Anthem would go prove it. This isn't going to work. This isn't what we do. This isn't how we do business. This is never going to work. Prove this to me. And um, my classes started on a $5,000 marketing budget, and it was a gamble. It turned into a national initiative. I can show quantitatively how it works and why it works and the numbers that go along with that. And one, I'm very proud of it. And two, all of the things that I teach, if somebody really wanted to go ahead and say, okay, prove this and sit down and they really wanted all that information, I have it. I can, I can draw it out all out. It all works. Trick is, is actually hearing it and implementing it. Well, I love it. And it makes perfect sense. And it's very, very smart. It's very, very wise. Um, Amanda, we're getting close up to an hour here. So I'll close this out a little bit. But if anybody wanted to participate in any of your your classes or your webinars or anything like Mm -hmm. that, how can they get in touch with you? How can they find them? So um, you can find me through Christian's group, um, friend request me on Facebook. I do have, um, my agency is called Medicare Answers Now. I do have a Facebook page for that. Um, if you want to look into my background, I do have a very, um, 
active LinkedIn that has tons and tons of material on it. Um, I have a very, very strong following on LinkedIn. Um, on both pages, I post the events that I have. Um, they are Zooms. Um, again, tomorrow is 2021 Medicare changes um, from 9 to 11. And then Thursday is new kids, how to have a sales conversation from 10 to noon. Um, they're both Zoom classes and by all means would love to have you if you want to. And if you wanna talk or pick my brain, feel free to reach out. Um, I'm not, I, I try to be as accessible as I can to anybody. and help as much as I can. So thank you so much for having me. This was fun. It was new. It's definitely thank you for doing it. Thank you for doing it. And I, I, I was just thinking about it the other day and I was like, Amanda and I have never done any content. <laughs> There's something wrong with that picture. <laughs> well, see, now we solved it. Now That's I just right. get you when we're undone, when COVID's over, now I just got to get you to fly out here to come to one of my parties because I am known for those. <laughs> so I, I, I am going to be flying all over the planet once COVID is over. I cannot wait. I have not gone. No into joke. So, no problem. It shouldn't, you, you might be yep. surprised. I might show up one of these days. But. Pit stop in Cleveland. Just say, hey, I'm here. I'm 15 minutes from the airport. Come on. Oh. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> well, Amanda, thank you for your time. I know you're really, really busy, especially this time of the year with all the, you know, the, 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 the new stuff coming out, getting ready for AEP. So I, I don't take that for granted. And Everybody, thank you so much for watching Taco Tuesday. Um, Glenn should be back next Tuesday. Um, and don't miss it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for okay. watching. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you.